WBSM presents Spooky South Goldsburg and Matt Costa. Which one am I? Am I Tim Weisberg or Matt Costa? Sorry, I'm having an identity crisis tonight. You know, I was talking about you earlier today, Silent Assassin, Matt Costa. Oh, yeah? All good? No, actually oh. not at all. Okay. Well, I was explaining to some people who are, are, are unfamiliar how you got the Silent Assassin nickname. Because they don't believe me that you're silent because you talk all the time to them. Talking oh, about yeah. our friends Matt and Willie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They're like, he, he doesn't talk. He doesn't talk when you're around him either. Why would he talk? Except to yell at you because you're stupid. <laughs> Usually I fall asleep when they tell me a story. <laughs> That's about all I do. Yeah. You usually fall asleep when I tell you a story, too. That's true. Maybe you should get that checked but, out. You might have narcolepsy. Well, Believe me, I know. I think people should just come up with more exciting stories. You want them to add a little more interesting yeah. detail? Jazz it up. I don't care if it's true. Well, actually, we're, <laughs> that kind of fits in with tonight's theme of what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> Good evening. This is Spooky South Coast. I am Tim Weisberg. That is the silent assassin, not so silent tonight, Matt Costa. And science advisor Matt Moniz is here as well. Matt, you know all about being able to, to jazz things up, except you usually like to jazz them up with the truth. I try to. <laughs> well, it's not always the way things go uh, in the world of the paranormal, and one example of that is paranormal reality television. Sometimes uh, they take the basic idea of the truth, and they kind of Hollywoodize it a little bit. A bit? I'm giving people the benefit of the, of the doubt here. Okay. Uh, now, if you remember, uh, a couple of months ago, we did our episode on paranormal reality television. You know, is it a good thing? And, and we had this great debate with Lindsay Malone, uh, well, I mean, it was great for us because it's great air, but uh, <laughs> uh, in terms of the actual debate, it was a little one-sided, I think, and I think a lot of our listeners felt as well, uh, when she can have a little more time to prepare, and we're going to let the callers get into it with her. That'll be really good. We'll, we'll do that maybe in a few months, but uh, tonight we're going to be talking about a, a new trend within paranormal reality television, and maybe I'm just late to the party, Matt, but I'm, I'm kind of just hearing about this in the last few weeks, and that's the idea of these reality and it's not just paranormal reality television but all reality television right. having these casting call websites now i know for years that there's websites and and craigslist postings and, and message board postings when there's a casting call out for a certain show but this is the first time that i've ever seen sites that are kind of like a, specifically geared toward here's me i want to be on a reality show well it's a uh the new millennium now everybody's going you know technical with the computer age and stuff like that so instead of you know going to your local theater to do the casting calls they're putting it up online now with with me i think that this is um the just the natural de-evolution of society as a result of paranormal uh, <laughs> as a result of reality television i mean where you know it, it's gotten to the point where after we've seen all of our friends and neighbors and relatives after we've seen them all on different reality shows, we start thinking, hey, I can do that too. And now it's becoming more accessible for them to try to do that. 
I mean, how many shows, if you go on YouTube, I mean, there's people, at least even in the paranormal field, people who are putting out their own investigation shows on YouTube. You know, a 20-minute episode of a show where they're going out and hunting ghosts. And, and since Some they don't, of them aren't that bad. No, not at all. I mean, I'm not, I'm not faulting them for trying. Some of them, of course, are bad. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah. but there are people who are doing it right and just hoping that maybe this is the medium that gets people interested in what I'm doing. And so are these casting call websites. And, you know, it's anything from if you want to be on. And if you go on, uh, we'll talk about a few of them here over the course of the night. But, but gotcast.com yep. is, is probably the, the one that I've seen the most reference to. And if you go on that site, there's casting calls right now that you can put your name in toward. And, and uh, specifically, the gray area is the name of the program. Yeah, I actually got uh, talked into tossing my hat in a ring by uh, one of our guests that's coming in tonight. She kept, it's like, this show is so you, this show is so you, you, you know, you got to put your name in. And finally, I, you know, I broke down. It's like, all right, I, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it for my own reasons. It's not so much that I don't, you know, like Spooky South Coast. I love this, but I, you know, I see everybody putting their hats into, you know, it's like, my thought was, let me conduct an experiment. Are they going to make a selection based on person with actual experience, or are they looking for the face factor? You know, what I call the face factor, how well you look on camera. So, you know, I put my hat in a ring just to see if it would, you know, garner any attention. Well, it, well, it has, but I have no intentions of actually being well, on the show because I have, you know. Well, don't say that because that that'll, that'll, might taint the results of your experiment here. Oh, well. If you say that, then people might stop voting for you, and then it might not. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be an accurate well, it, sample anymore. Okay, let me clarify my statement then. It's going to be I, a really good offer for you. It, to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to leave the particular career that I have, yeah. I mean, let's not just kind of, if somebody's throwing pretty good money in your in your way, you know, yeah, it might I, be worth taking a couple of years sabbatical and film, and film a TV show. But uh, now let's take a step back, though. You said that, you know, uh, you love doing Spooky South Coast, but we need to clarify a little bit. You're not really interested, per se, in the media aspect of the paranormal. You're right. not interested in having the, right. the spotlight on your research. You'd rather do the research and then get it to the attention of the proper people who need to pay attention to it. Right. Uh, as you see me do, I, I help everybody else do their work. All, all of the work that I do goes into other people's books and uh, television shows. Uh, I've, uh, my stuff is my stuff. I, I keep it close to the vest and share it with very limited people. That's why a lot of my stuff is personal stuff isn't out in the media. But uh, I, as you've seen, I've helped everybody in in the paranormal fields of all all various types, and they use the stuff that I help them with in their publications. To help, well, I help other people. I mean, you kind of got dragged into into this uh, kind of, you know, you offered to kind of sit on the sidelines and, and help us out, and you came in just to see what was going on. Right. We put a microphone in your face and then made you come back every week. <laughs> and I think that the reason why you can feel, and I'm just speculating on your behalf here, but the reason why you can feel comfortable in this setting is because basically you're coming in here and essentially just talking to two friends who right. already know you and get you and know what it is that you do, and it just so happens that there's you know thousands of all other friends that happen to be listening as well. It's not like when you come into this forum, uh, you need to start explaining yourself, uh, defending yourself. You know, you're able to come in here and kind of just well, sometimes. Ask well, we were able to come in here and kind of just ask some questions, get some information, share some information. It, it's not like um, there's no – I don't want to say this incorrectly, but there's no, like, 
star factor to the show. There's no need to kind of be a front and center personality on this show. Uh, this is geared toward discussion. It's not geared toward, uh, you know, visual entertainment or we're not creating drama or tension here. We're well, just having a conversation. Well, yeah, that's that's just it. The show isn't about us. It's about the topics. We're just the mouthpieces for the topics. And even, but even in that regard too, it's not. It's not like we feel an overwhelming need to to be, uh, you know, over the top, snappy. You know, let let's condense this into the the most basic form that we can, and you know, do quick style edits. And you know, we we come in, we turn on the microphones, we talk. Right. And and that essentially talk radio is a dying format. Uh, if you look across the country and, and some of these shows, small stations like like WBSM, they're struggling in this economy. They're hard, it's hard to sell advertising, and you know people just don't want to sit there and listen for two hours a day or four hours a day of somebody talking on the radio. It, we've become kind of MTVized, where we need those quick edits and the buzzwords and everything thrown at us and the flashy colors and the the flashy noises. But uh, it works perfect in the paranormal. Because it's no different than the conversation that you want to have with everybody else. You just don't feel comfortable uh, with the reality television. It's a little bit different. You know, it's a one hour or a one half hour peek into this world. And for a lot of people, that's all they get all week. You know, that's all that they care about all week. That's all they want to delve into the paranormal for is for, you know, 60 minutes, maybe two or three shows they might watch a week. But that's it. And people don't realize that the more saturated this market becomes with these programs, people's windows are going to be less and less for that. Right. So they're going to say, ah, I don't want to watch that. I watch TAPS. I don't watch these guys. I watch Paranormal State. I'm not going to watch these new guys. Or I'm tired of TAPS. I'm going to watch these new guys. You know what I mean? It's going right. to become kind of compartmentalized. But that being said, everybody's looking for their 15 minutes. Yeah. They can and have it. Speaking of 15 minutes, it's about 15 minutes since the start of the show. So let's take a break. Uh, we're going to get Tiffany Johnson on the line. When we come back, we'll talk with her about her experiences in paranormal reality television. And she's interested in using these websites as a way to get herself noticed. But, see, luckily for her, and something that you and us, we don't have to worry about, she's actually good looking. <laughs> yeah. and, and she has a very good personality. Excellent. And she's perfect for television. So she's going to get votes. But uh, if you'd like to vote, you can certainly go to uh, her website, readingsbytiffany.com. Find out information there. Go to her MySpace. You can find all these links to be able to vote for. And uh, we will talk to her in just a bit when we come back with more about paranormal reality television casting. What are your thoughts? Be ready to give us a call. 508-996-0500. 508-291-0500. Email us spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. And uh, we'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no mortal can resist the evil of the foreigner. The Asian woman formerly known as... doing a bunch of shows in London. Are we going? Are we going? Yeah, we can go to London to go see MJ. Sure. I'm game. 
after all, our friend Thomas, who uh, sent us this wonderful care package from England, he, he, he can put us up for the night. All the way from Essex. It, that that was just no amazing to receive that in the mail this week. Thomas, we thank you again. Thank uh, you, Tom. He, he sent us a, a package of just various items uh, that he's collected, uh, paranormal magazines and, and uh, coasters and stickers and, and just postcards, all kinds of cool stuff. And all that stuff, that cryptozoology art and everything, he does that himself. So he's got some really good stuff that uh, that he does, and uh, he also sent us that photo, which I thought was really cool, of uh, the spooky studio. Just the I'm still questioning the gimp mask, <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, it was awesome, and it's uh, it's definitely going to get uh, framed and hung on the wall next to some of the other photos that we've been given over the years. Uh, the the UFO from Fairhaven yep. that Chris gave us, and and just uh, you know whenever anybody sends us anything, we're always honored and. And he asked us to send something back to him. We have it here. We're going to take care of that. We're going to sign it tonight. We're going to send it right back out to you. So uh, thank you very much again, Thomas. And we look forward to talking to you real soon. Uh, hopefully we can get you to stay up late or early. Or yeah. Whatever it is and have you come on the show sometime. So thank you. All right. Well, we are talking about paranormal reality television casting, how it works, how you can do it if you want to do it. Uh, give us a call all night long, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. You can also email us, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com, and we can get those right here in the Spooky Studio and read them on the air. So that's enough alliteration for now. Let's go to the phones with psychic Tiffany Johnson. You know her, you love her. We've had her on the show before, and just was, uh, you know, we don't have to pull answers out of you like we do with some people. <laughs> You're very knowledgeable when it comes to the paranormal, and as we were saying before, you're also attractive, so you have no problem garnering votes Thanks. on these reality websites. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it helps to have a good rack. You can say rack on radio, right? Yes, we can. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, as long as, as, yeah, we don't want any FCC violations happening. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, Good. How are you? We're spooktacular, as we say here. Fantastic. Copyrighted. So That's not corny at all. Don't bring that with you to the reality programming. That's uh, <laughs> Oh my god! I'm so trademarking that tomorrow. It's our it's our dude run. That's okay. all I'm saying. Whatever. The you know you you've had experience with these reality programs, and and after you've gone through that, I have to ask you why would you want to keep doing it? <laughs> well, for, it isn't like I'm the queen of them by any means. No, but you've you've had some time in front of the cameras. I'm I've, I've been fortunate enough, and you know honestly, it's a lot of fun. I don't consider myself an actress. I don't consider you know myself odd in any other sort, but I just happen to have a cool profession, and if somebody wants to document that, God bless them. And honestly, and, and you know, anybody that I've ever talked to, here's the bottom line. What it comes down to is my deal when, you know, with God, spirit, universe, goddess, wherever you want to go in your, you know, theosophy, but, um, or theology, my deal was, you know, just give me an audience, and I, I'll, I'll try to do whatever I can to bring somebody towards their faith and whatever their faith may be. And so, frankly, if it's an audience of one, I'm super good with that. But if it's an audience of two million, I'm super okay with that, too, because, frankly, that was my deal. That When I decided to do this, that was what I set out to do. So that's kind of where the reality programming comes in. Well, it also works uh, in regard to being able to reach people and let them know about your gifts and, and the fact yeah. that you can use them. So in, in terms of, uh, we'll call it, 
well, we'll call it your, your career. In terms of yeah. your career, to be on television would help that because it would garner more attention and, and make you more of a, a name out there for people who are looking for those type of services. But for a lot of paranormal researchers, yeah. who, like Matt Moniz, who do their work kind of in the shadows and, and aren't totally. out there trying to get a newspaper article written every time they do an investigation, right. you know, it's actually kind of counterproductive for them to get involved in something like this. But we need to have that type of people in this as well, don't we? I mean, you're exactly right. We totally need to have those type of people. I think, you know, for granted, for some people, it's about fame and fortune. Mm-hmm. But I do believe, you know, there are some of us out there that are doing it because it's our life's blood. It is our dedicated work. And if we can shed any light for some, you know, person sitting, God only knows where, God only knows when, because everything's on the Internet right now, if we can shed some light and educate somebody about what we do in the paranormal, in the psychic world, in the metaphysical world, whatever, and, and just enlighten them a little bit, that's awesome. That's freaking sure. huge. And, you know, I've, I've had experience with television, yeah. um, being a sports writer and just doing some other stuff as well. And I have no problem with, in this field, when people get the chance to sit down and, and – and share, you know, what, what, Matt, we spent maybe a couple hours with Monster Quest, say, yeah. you know, doing interviews. I like that format. I like yeah. being able to offer insights in, in that regard. But yeah. I can't imagine being dragged around to places like some of these shows <laughs> do to people, having to work on these schedules that they have you work on, give yeah. up basically the rest of your life uh, to be able to accommodate the filming of these shows. And it's just, it's what they have to do. It's how it works. It is how it works. And, and it's it's a problem, but you know, there's there's so much benefit beyond it, though. But how much uh, how much accuracy can we get in the paranormal realm from you know just thrusting somebody into an area and saying, okay, you know, we're going to be here for for six days filming, right. and you have to get all the research together, and you have you know between the the writers for the show and the researchers right. for the show and yourselves, you've got this much time to pull it all together. I mean, do you feel like you can do an accurate investigation and accurate? Trail. Yeah. Well, and and, and uh, well. I don't know. I mean, maybe, because the bottom line is, I think in some instances you could, in some instances you simply can't. But Mm -hmm. that's, you know, frankly, that's anything. Sometimes you go to the dentist's office and it's just a cleaning. Other times you go in and you need four hours for, you know, three cavities to be filled and, and, you know, to have a crown. It just, you know, I think it really depends on the situation and, and, you know, what's going on at the time. I don't think that we can you know, narrow-mindedly say that you can't give an accurate portrayal. I think that, like I said, sometimes you can't. Sometimes you certainly can't. But in the same realm, I think ever giving people too much credit, hopefully everybody understands on any sort of programming that is, and I'm using air quotes, but you guys just can't see me, um, reality-based, that there is some essence of, listen, there's editing, there's, you know, things that you have to do for entertainment value. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that I would hope that, you know, anybody that's watching any of, and I don't care if you're freaking watching Brett Michaels' Bus Love or whatever that is, or if you're watching um, Ghost Adventures, I would hope that anybody watching that would understand that there has to have an element of entertainment. So, I, you know, I think it's very, I think it's a real tough question to answer. Well, the, the one benefit of it for anybody that's involved in the field is name recognition in a field where five yeah. years ago there was no name recognition it's the chance to to have maybe open more doors for you i mean matt moniz 
as we were saying at the beginning of the show, was not interested in getting involved in, in the media aspect of paranormal research. But you have to admit, Matt, doing it has opened doors to you that might not have been so easily opened before. I've had the benefit of being uh, involved with a lot of paranormal researches in the major you know, aspects of the field for a number of years. So getting access to places has not been a problem. Events, I've found, have been a little bit more... Um, shall we say, forthcoming with, you know, mm-hmm. giving me a, a, a freer reign to, you know, join in the festivities sure. and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's that benefit of when you become a, a personality of no longer do you have to be the, the ticket-buying public. I right. mean, now you right. can you can be that mid, you can either be somebody like Tiffany who is an attraction at these events and who is actually paid. <laughs> Tiffany's a little freak show. <laughs> <laughs> well, who was who compensated for her appearances or the nature of his personality is like, just make sure I can get in the door, and I'm happy. Yeah, and, you know, but it's it does create it does create an idea of almost like an elitism within the field, though not intentionally. Yeah. But uh, to those who are on the fringe coming into it, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Jason Hawes and Grant Wilson are elevated over John Zaffis in the general mind of people because they're on TV every week, and Zaffis only appears every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but if you ask Jason and Grant, they say, oh, no, no, John Zaff has taught us what we know. Right. Absolutely. And nobody would ever take that away from Jay-Z. He's, he's awesome. But in the same token, um, you know, it, I hate to say it, but it also benefits far and away those people besides, like, people like Matt and myself. Because what Matt and I do um, is then we go out and pass along the knowledge to other people that maybe weren't able to get to the event, mm-hmm. or we talk about it, about it on a blog, and so and and because we're and not that Jason and Grant aren't totally approachable, they are. They're my dearest friends, but I think people would probably be more likely to approach Matt and myself than probably Jason and Grant. And so you know, really, there is good that comes of you know, even though it is a byproduct and it's not necessarily. It's not right or wrong. It just is, you know, this elevation. There, there is some good to it because, again, it's striking an audience. We're hitting more people than we would ordinarily. But, but then there is the bad side of it, too, where sometimes, you know, you do have that. When anytime you're in the public eye, yeah. there's always a backlash. There's always a, a portion of the public that doesn't want to buy what you're selling. And right. you do run into problems in that regard. And that can make your life harder than it needs to be. I'm sure, Matt, you probably encountered you know, skeptics and people who have tried to, to debunk you in the past, but even even more so now that you are somewhat in the public eye. Matty Poo would never have anybody contradict him. Oh, yeah. Well, except me. I do it a lot. <laughs> no, I know. Well, that's your job. That, that, that's to be expected. When you're dealing with this type of topic, you're right. going to get people that, you know, just want to stick their fingers in their ears, go, la, 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 yeah. I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it. But it's one thing when, in, you know, 10 years ago, when you had people that would stick their fingers in their ears, and now you've got people that want to essentially, instead of just not listening to you, now you have yeah. people oh, that want to silence you. Oh, you're talking to character assassinations yeah. and yeah. Other, uh, other, you know, slight-handed, you know. Yeah, you you get that. Now, I mean, Tiff, you're you're just a, a very personable person. I can't imagine uh-huh. that you've encountered that. You know, in in your work, just because you know you get along with it, we're we're kind of we rub people the wrong way sometimes. We we don't we don't shy away from that reputation. Well, well no, but honey, let me send you an email that I just got this week. <laughs> no, I'm I'm rotting in hell. I'm talking to Satan. Are you kidding me? I think you know what I'm. I guess. Where oh, I'm... so you got my email? <laughs> I was waiting. Did you, I totally paused. 
with them like, come on, where is it? Um, but <laughs> you bastard. Um, but no, I, I, I tend, I'm very lucky. Um, what happens to me is people typically don't go out and out and name me by name. Mm-hmm. But what I have seen, and I'm going to be really honest about it, it's this gender crap. It's the women that are catty. Oh, sure. That will talk to me. Tiffany, I love you. Thank you so much for the reading. You're so sweet. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, the, you know, they talk you up one side and down another. And then they go turn their back and they're talking to some other chick and saying, you know, what a what a huge rhymes with which you are. <laughs> we, so, tr- we try to know. do an episode of the show uh, once a year. Uh, called How Junior High is the Paranormal. And that's like the one thing that comes up every year that we do it is the fact that, you know, women who are saying, let's all band together, you know, we need to make yeah. a name for ourselves in this yeah. field, let's all work together, and then that's exactly what happens. They just start breaking each other down well, behind the scenes. And that's exactly it, and I hate to say it, but, I mean, there's like these these amazing people. Nancy is a good example from, from Wicked Vixen, if you guys are familiar with her. Nancy Planetta. Very, yeah, yeah. freaking Thing. Matt, you, we were just Nancy and I were talking about you today, so sorry. Oh, um, okay. That's why you're yeah, no, it was all good. It was all good. But no, na- like Nancy is amazing. She's an amazing, amazing person. She only wants to promote women in the paranormal. Kristen Gotland, you know, good friend of ours. Yep. Here again, she only wants to promote women in the paranormal, showing how strong we are, how you know we can hang in there, right there with the boys. I look at people like Amy Bruni, who is cute and feminine, and she doesn't feel like she has to be, you know, take away any of your femininity, but she's brilliant and bright. She's amazing. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, and this is just an observation, and I'm not going to name names. You can make assumptions where you need to. But there's these little clusters of women that, you know, gather themselves a little bit of a name, a little bit of a club, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And then they go out and, you know, try to tear, us, try to tear other women down individually. It's just, it's crap. Total crap. I don't see that with men in the industry. Frankly, if, you know, two guys have an issue, they're going to beat the crap out of each other on the sidewalk and then go have a beer afterwards. Yeah. Usually, guys won't yeah. do that. What? That's how we settle most of the yeah. on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Except we have two beers, then fight, then three beers. Right, yeah. whatever. <laughs> but, th- I mean, th- but that's probably that way in any field. Uh, just yeah. Yeah, not to, like you said, we're not making gender assumptions here, but right. you know that's just the way it goes. And there is a lot of it, though. And, yeah. You know, we've had people that have tried to disparage us, and and we've had you know guys, women, we've had people say negative things about us. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it's that we believe everything that the guest says because they don't understand how talk radio works. <laughs> like we're just supposed to sit here and trash everybody that comes on to the show. That's We'd have a lot bad. more guests that way, I'm sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> but. You know, now that you're bringing things into, no, not you, but now in general the field is bringing things into television, into reality yeah. television, yeah. something that's already somewhat frowned upon by a good portion well, of the Well, it's already under a big old microscope anyway. So right. now you're bringing this in there, and now people who, you know, might have bought the paranormal in a documentary form on, on yeah. the History Channel are now suddenly saying, well, this stuff can't be real because, you know, it's no different right. than Survivor. It's no different right. than, you know, The Bachelor. Well, and, and, you know, that's unfortunate, and that's their perception. I mean, I, how do you even argue with that? I mean, because to a certain extent, again, and I know that I'm going to, I'm probably going to get emails for but to a certain extent, they're right, because it is entertainment. It's on television. There's, you know, there, there is a, and I hate to say this, a contrived element to it. They're putting the cast members in a certain place at a certain time with cameras. I'm not saying that they're, you know, that they're 
to be critical of it, sir. I mean, but really, you know, if you dig a little bit deeper, those arguments really do fall apart, especially for those really strong, ethical, moral people that are out there. Well, I look at it this way, Tim. Yeah, bring it. It's like, a, uh, and Tim, I'm sure, can back me up. It's like watching a sports show, you know, right. it's a game on television. Right. You know that, you know, in the in the football game, they're going to be cutting to the quarterback, then to the backfield. And, you know, is that really scripted? Does that really change? No, the game is live. Well, they, I they love s- you for that. That is so good. And, you know, just another element that I want to bring into focus, especially for, like, paranormal investigators or psychics or, or, or that kind of stuff. And I'm sorry, somebody's beeping and I'm not going to no, answer no, it. No but um, you know, the thing of it is, you know, I personally would not. You know, say no to doing something live that I wouldn't do on television. Matt's seen me work. I mean, yeah. 98% of the people that have, um, you know, that when they go to an event, they, they're at least, you know, they're walking by, I'm doing a reading, I'm doing something, you know, a public gallery, I'm speaking. You know, I walk the talk. And, you know, that's the same with Matt. Matt wouldn't do something on TV that he went or knew in front of a live audience. Well, we've seen what it'll do in front of a live audience, so we're afraid of. <laughs> but getting back to your sports analogy, though, Matt, a, it's a lot a great of people, analogy. people in the sports realm, uh, people like myself, sports writers, people on that side of things, will say, you know, the game creates the drama, uh, and the great game creates the tension. But I, I disagree. So a lot of it, ha- you know, well, I'm not a, really a sports fan, and you know this, but I have no problem watching it if mm-hmm. it's there. I'm looking at the way they're cutting back. They create well, a drama. I mean. the, the way game does create. The game is the drama, but they're just adding to it. They're taking. They're basically, you know, enhancing the drama of it with certain effects, and that's kind of what paranormal reality television is doing. It's you know the dramatic right. thing is whether or not they're going to prove that this is real, and then everything else that's around it kind of just adds are they to going it. to get the touchdown? Yeah, the, the drama drama going back and forth between the are sidelines. Are they going to get the full body apparition? Yeah. No. <laughs> Probably not. Oh. They've got a better chance of scoring go, a touchdown. Go for the EVP conversion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank God, you guys. But, you know, now, but now. I wish I could have, like, some cool sports analogy, but I'm so not sporty. <laughs> I'm super girly, but not sporty. I get, pay, I get paid for it, and I make Moni's listen to it, so that's why. Awesome. But, but kind of getting back to the idea of, you know, that it is television and it is a, a television program and entertainment program that just begs the question then what makes all these people think they can be tv stars oh hey man you know, i know just because you're able to 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 go out and do a paranormal investigation does not make you a television personality i mean right. if if jason and grant and and ryan buell and any other anybody else that's in this field chip coffee who have mm-hmm. these television programs mm-hmm. if any of them weren't interesting people right. they wouldn't be on television well, you're exactly right. They, they are interesting people, and they do emote, and so that translates well for television. So it, it makes for a, you know, an intriguing show. I, I remember I was at Unicon um, the year right before Paranormal State launched, like the month before, and um, somebody posed the question. They're like, so, were you all friends beforehand? Because you all seem very young and very attractive, and, and you know, just by this happening by happenstance seems a little bit odd. You know, and they have they have something to say. They happen to be cute kids. Whatever. It makes for pretty television. Well, and you know, we know growing up, going through high school, Matt. You know, the the pretty people tend to tend to stay together, and yeah, you know, all of us ugly folks, we have our own little click in the back of the. Oh, would you just stop it? it now. But at the same time, though, like when when. 
I, all right, take anybody who's on any paranormal reality television, any name, any investigator, any re- anybody who's on these programs, yeah. from the most obscure person to you know the most popular person, type yeah. their name into Google, right, and then type right after it, hot, <laughs> and you are going to find hundreds of, of message board posts, dozens of websites of people who think that person is hot. You know, whether or not it is Which your is cup scary. of tea, there is going to be somebody who thinks it. And it's, you know, it's it sounds weird to say this because I know these people and I know that these groups and these shows aren't yeah. constructed this way, but it almost seems like there's an archetype of different personalities thrown into each one of these shows. You know, you've got your guy Absolutely with tattoos, there. your girl with tattoos, you've got your, you know, your <laughs> older guy, you've got your younger guy. It just seems like it just happens that way. And it's appealing to every part of the audience. Right. And it's hot. They show up there. Which and is it, frightening. Cause I think about like, you know, <laughs> no, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> well, it's like some of these people, it's like, uh, girls, if you knew what he was like when he wasn't on the show, you'd yeah. think he was a total goofball and you wouldn't want anything to do with him. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'd, uh, yeah. I'd, I, yeah. Mind if I interject <laughs> I something? To say to that. That, that sounds really juicy. We'll save that for off uh-huh. Yeah, we'll do that off there. I, I got a question. Let's okay. flip the, can we flip this on its head? Does somebody that is, you know, what I call, you know, the face factor or the pretty people, does that qualify them to make them, uh, you know, if they don't know anything about it well i would i would think not i mean they no. these casting directors when they're looking at these sites they they are going to want some knowledge of the paranormal the question is as i was talking to how matt much? earlier how much can you fake that i well, mean unless how you're much can you learn i mean my god you know the the information out there is endless i mean you can do a couple of days of research on the internet and be right. as much of a paranormal quote-unquote expert as the next guy and can you fool the producers into thinking that you're knowledgeable enough? I'm sure there's people that are on these shows that, you know, came at them with a great resume, and when it came time to actually get on the show, they're kind of learning on the fly themselves. Absolutely. And that has to happen. But, I, you know, you made a good point earlier about the gender stuff that we were talking about. But I hate to say it, and I'm certain it goes on in the corporate world, too. You know, who who doesn't know somebody that, oh, yeah, I graduated with a – you know, Ph.D. from Fruiter. You know what I mean? People, you know, BS their way in the corporate world. It's going to transpose itself into the paranormal world. It doesn't surprise me if people were to do that. Well, with that in mind, I mean, these websites, gotcast.com, uh, realitywanted.com, instantcast.com, mm-hmm. these different sites, they're basically working on an idea of you're submitting a photo, a bio, some video, and what they're doing is they're putting it out there for people to vote upon. And then based on the votes, you move up in the rankings. And the idea behind it is that these casting directors will go onto these sites. And instead of having the open casting call where you have to sit there and watch four or 500 people parade through like on American Idol with the, you know, the audition show, instead of going <laughs> through the that. people at American Idol. Let's not piss them off. Well, no, I'm not. Know. I'm not. But instead <laughs> of having to sit through, you know, four weeks of that like American Idol has to. Got to be brutal. You got the chance to be able to just sit back in your home or in your office Go onto these websites and take a look at, you know, hopefully qualified applicants. And right. you can't tell me that if, you know, you're number 300, no matter how, none of these producers are getting down to number 300 because they found somebody, you know, in the top 20. And how are they getting these votes? How are well, people voting on these people? And that's the whole, I think that that's part of the premise of the voting thing is if you can draw an audience, if you can draw an audience to get to go to a website and to click on you as easy or as difficult as that might be, and some are easier and some are harder, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's already showing the casting directors, 
hey, you know, they they have some sort of pull with somebody. Who knows what it is, but there's some sort of pull. Now, on the same token, though, do I really believe that these casting directors are living and dying by the freaking votes that are coming in? Hell no. No. Um, so, you know, I, I, think there's, I think there's a check and balance for everything. Well, I've, I've got a quote here, actually. It comes from, uh, from RealityWanted.com, and it's uh, from Jonathan Tansman, a, a casting associate director yeah. who uh, actually has worked on, on some of the major network uh, reality shows. And the, the gentleman who runs the site, Mark, was giving a, a Q&A interview with Jonathan Tansman, and he said, uh, before I let you go, tell me about your experience with RealityWanted.com. And, and Tansman said, every casting producer and associate I know uses a certain sites we are asked to use by those in charge of casting, and Reality Wanted is one of them. It's an awesome site, very personal, uh, and I have had success finding people for every show I have worked on. It is very user-friendly for those of us in casting, and we get a chance to see people before we place a call to them. I even pop on to read some of the reality recaps and the uploaded videos. So, I mean, here is a, a reality TV casting associate saying that, you know, he does use this site. Now, that could be, you know, a, an endorsement deal type of thing. But right. at the same time, I mean, it is a very easy medium for, for them to do that. However, you know, I'm going on these sites and looking at these people and seeing who they are. I know right. people in this field. I recognize people's names. Me too. I know who should be up there and who shouldn't be. And what I'm seeing up there is I'm seeing the girl who decided to pose in her brown underwear leaning over and giving a cleavage <laughs> shot has skyrocketed to number one. I know. Well, somebody was, like Matt. Was that like not the best idea of mine ever? <laughs> I was going to say, I, I apologize in advance if it was yours. But, you know, like Matt, who's getting a, a significant amount of votes based on the fact that people actually know that he knows what he's talking about. Right. You know, but, you know, he's always going to be no better than number two behind Underwear Girl. <laughs> I don't mind that position. Which, yeah, I mean, of all places to be, not so shabby. Underneath Underwear Girl, sure. <laughs> or behind. Oh, it just it, it, to me, it just seems like you know you're you're kind of handicapping what it is that you're looking for by putting it out there as it is. No matter what anybody says, it's a mm -hmm. popularity contest. It is a popularity contest, and I totally I, there is no question in my mind that is that's anything else other than that. Which is there, fine if it's a popularity contest and your popularity is based on the right reasons. Right. And I totally agree. I, I, you know, the only thing that I don't want, you know, to, to disparage any, I mean, cause you're exactly right, because I've looked at, you know, the one that I have a posting on, and I've looked at the one that Matt's up on, and I've looked at all sorts of them, and there's lovely people there, and they might be a little bit further down the list. Frankly, you know, I have, I have a nice little resource on MySpace, Facebook, Twitter, you know, that kind of stuff, so I can promote myself, and so, you know, frankly, those people that, you know, don't have anything else to do at that moment when they see my vote for me thing. They can go click there. But, I mean, there are some very fine people down the, down the list and, and in front of me, too, for that matter. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it is a popularity thing. It's really weird. I, I am happy that some of the people who get votes, there's, uh, there's people who, who don't have photos that actually can move up further in the lists. And yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, later on they do add their photo, but they're just holding it back for now to, to make some of their merits and, and based on the fact that they know people who are going to go on there and vote for them. But, I mean, right. this this website is accessible by people in prison <laughs> who can go on there and just vote. Oh, my vote. God, I so should have hit up that, dang it, that market it's, segment. It's, I totally missed too late. it. It's not too yeah. late. They're a very big demographic of ours. It's, it's a captive <laughs> audience. <laughs> but 
I mean, <laughs> so if you're, you know, if you're a 19 year old girl with a great rack and you're, you know, you decide right. to go on Godcast, you're going to move up there. Right. And uh, my favorite is when you see people who aren't just going on there for, you know, a paranormal reality show. They're up there for, you know, a survivor. They're up there yeah. for the amazing race. They're up there Big for brother. cooking yeah. shows and, yeah. you know, whatever it is that might get them their break. And oh yeah, ghosts, I'm kind of interested in that. Why not? Sure. It just seems like, and, and this reality show alone, this gray area show, now it's supposed to be what, Discovery Channel? Yeah. Is that who it is that's putting yeah. this on? Yeah. To me, it just seems like it's way too broad-based of a program. It seems like what they're talking about covering is just way too broad-based to, to throw it out there to a forum like this. I like the old system of there's a casting call, you go to the casting call, you go through it, the producer gets to see you one-on-one, gets to interview you. You might be lying. You might not be. <laughs> that's right. That's but Well, it, you could be lying on the Internet, too. At least, I mean, that's going to be the best part is when whoever wins number one, the producer gives them a call, and they show up. They don't look anything like that picture. Right. Well, but here again, I mean, realistically, you know, the Internet is what it is. There's a lot of information you can find out. And, I, if, frankly, if that person is falsifying things, they're probably idiots, and they're not backing their stuff up. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, if somebody goes to, and looks up Matt and his profile and then subsequently Googles him, there's going to be a whole lot of stuff to back up exactly what Matt is touting. Including police reports. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she's right. Uh, all of the stuff I'm published in. Yeah. And, but what is the deal now with, with – and I, maybe I didn't do enough research on this, but what is the deal with these memberships to these sites? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't sign up for any of them because I, I don't believe well, – I, I, I shouldn't say that because I don't want to put down anybody that's, that has one, but I don't believe that they're totally necessary. I think it just kind of um, – it gives you sometimes more bandwidth to put up more photos, videos, more information, you know, than just name, rank, serial number. Well, the good thing about this is uh, if you are using this as a way to – to get yourself out there. I mean, it is very user-friendly. It's easy. You can have something up there in 10 minutes. And, you know, hopefully if you have the merits, it'll, you'll be able to move up the ranks pretty quickly. Right. Uh, and the way it works, and I, this is the one concern I've noticed a lot of people have, is what happens if they do get picked, if they do make it to number one? Well, we should emphasize it doesn't really guarantee doesn't anything. It doesn't matter, yeah. You know, it's up to the to the casting director if they want to invite you out for an audition. And, and then if they do, it's it's your own dime that's going to get you there most of the time. And then what happens is if you get cast and they found you through this site, then the casting agency pays a fee to these websites. So it actually doesn't involve you having to cough up any of the, the very not really that spectacular money that you're going to get for being on a reality TV program. Right. And, and that's the other thing, too. People don't realize you've, you've done it. Uh, you haven't exactly retired off what you've made from your television appearances. Oh, really? You've noticed that? <laughs> yeah. That nothing <laughs> that I have. And, and don't get me wrong. The opportunity is priceless to me. It truly is. And it, and it will be the next time it comes along. And I get that. The exposure is unbelievable. But if anybody thinks, you know, that a, you know, a first series run, whatever, season cast of a reality show is getting paid, you know, the big bucks, um, no, you bought the same money. I know somebody who uh, who is in reality TV that actually does work in a retail store. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> yeah, we all know. Yeah, 
Yeah. Not, I don't think he's afraid to say it either. I think he wants everybody to go to the I know a chick that does, so I think we're talking about somebody else. Oh, yeah. Well, we're talking about a local guy here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But And, you know, we don't even want to start to tell you some of the, the day jobs that we know some of these people Absolutely. in reality programming have because it's almost like you would say, how can you go back to that after you've been on television? But Matt really likes being a gigolo. So, you know, yeah, but it's, he hasn't, it's, it's part of who he is. Put it this way. He doesn't have to file a 1099 at the end of the year because he doesn't make enough. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, for, for people who think this is their way, this is their, 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 their doorway to fame and fortune, it's really not. What are you going to get out of being on a reality TV show? I mean, I want to throw a few names out for you, see if you remember them. Colleen Haskell. Not a clue. Yeah. Oh, she's a little frail. And, and like I could break her in half, girl. She got a role in a Rob Schneider film and right. was never heard animal. from again. Something animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he did not even arrest her. Boston Rob. Yeah. Not well, Boston, Boston Rob is a, is, a, uh, is a ridiculous case because he's actually been able to parlay that into numerous reality TV programs. Right. Oh, but, you know, some of these people who've been on these shows... Uh, and they don't research. I mean, I remember when Survivor came out, and mm-hmm. you, you know, they were hiring them to be hosts of the Top Twenty Countdown on VH1. Oh, absolutely. They were hiring them to be e correspondents, and yeah. you know, but now, you know, you don't hear from any of them. And now it's to the point where you know, uh, Jimmy Fallon's cracking jokes about them on his show. Which, <laughs> by the way, he's soon going to be one of these people in the unemployment line of thing too. But... <laughs> no, I haven't watched the show. <laughs> well, we can don't get into that. that. But... I think he's cute as a button. But you but... know. Bottom line, we got about three minutes here before the news. I mean, bottom line is this is a great resource for people to at least get their name out there and, and hope that they have it, but they really shouldn't hinge, hinge their future don't in the paranormal on. Don't, yeah, don't give up the day job. Exactly. And even if even if you do get one of these uh, gigs, make sure you can get time off from the day job. Yeah, that's an important thing to think about. Because you're only getting cast in what's probably just going to be a pilot. Yep. And might not even be, uh, you know... <laughs> You might not even get picked up for a series. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, Tiffany, we wish you luck. We hope that you actually do get a full series Aww, out of this. Thank you. If we want to watch somebody on TV, we want to watch somebody that's that's knowledgeable and knows their stuff. Oh, you and... guys are so sweet. I'm kind of like the Susan Lucci. I constantly get asked. You know, nothing <laughs> happens. But, you know, I'm still good with being Susan Lucci of the paranormal with blonde hair and a nicer rack. So I think we've covered that now. I think I think you say you're not an actress, but you might be a little bit better than her because uh, <laughs> she's an over actress. Where, right. where are you going to be upcoming, Tiffany? Oh, I, oh, Matt, you're so good to me. I'm going to be at Phenomology in Gettysburg the uh, 26th, 27th, and 28th of March. I'm very, very excited about it. If anybody's interested, you got Orcs. And your uh, website is readingsbytiffany.com? That's me. You can go to myspace.com backslash psychic tip as well. I'm always there. And make sure that you sign on, that you log in, you contact her, and book yourself a reading because uh, not only is she fun and personable <laughs> and a great guest on the show, she's also a very talented psychic. Oh, she is. Stop <laughs> it now. Well, thanks. You know, I, I, I do what I can. I'm very lucky. Well, uh, we hope I mean, that... not lucky about my readings, lucky in the work that I do. That came off sounding totally wrong. <laughs> well, you know, as long as you're lucky, you know, a good majority of the time, it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> there goes my career. Can you hear the toilet flushing right now? No, everybody go vote for Tiffany right now. <laughs> Absolutely. And everybody go vote for Matt. And if they go to your MySpace, they can they can find the links there to, 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 to vote for it's you. Absolutely. my blog. You go bet. to these websites as well. So thank you very much for joining us. And Thanks, hopefully the guys. next time we talk to you, you'll be telling us about the new show you're going to be on. I look forward to it. Bye, right. guys. Have a good weekend. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.
All right, we are up against the news. When we come back, we'll talk more about paranormal reality programming. We're also going to have the week and weird, the haunted headlines, two weeks worth, because we didn't get to it last week. We'll also take your calls, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. Email spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. We'll be back in just a little bit after the news with more here on Spooky South Coast. Beaming from the studios of AM 1420 WBSM into the night and beyond. Here's more of... Now it's time for a breakdown. Don't mind if I do. Spooky South Coast is back. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, and science advisor, Matt Moniz. Matt, that's like season four or five, season four of 21 Jump Street. That's the opening there, I believe. Yeah, because that's definitely the later the later seasons, because uh, Mr. X, Stephen Williams, is the, uh, the captain there. So it's definitely not first season. And you can kind of tell by the way the title cards came up with their names. I'm like a 20, 20- know if you know that. I've actually been trying to come up with a, a really good script to help bring it back. <laughs> well, like it wouldn't work. Babyface cops in today's society? Sure. <laughs> I believe it. I believed, it, I believed it then. I really believed it then. I thought it was great. Right, well, this is Spooky South Coast where we talk about old 80s television shows. <laughs> During the break, we were talking about uh, Voyagers with uh, Bog and uh, The Phoenix and you know these great old 80s shows that uh, actually Matt Coss and I are too young to remember. Yeah. But uh, Matt Moniz was uh, too uh, busy <laughs> yeah. doing other activities. and sit- Well, he, he was sitting around watching TV, but he was just watching uh, his Betamax copy of The Wall over and over again. Song remains the same. Oh, whatever. Whatever works. Was it Betamax? Monkey's head. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of monkey's head, remember the first time you saw Faces of Death? Weren't yeah. you like, oh, my God, this stuff really exists? This is like pornography for morons <laughs> that was great faces of death i remember that not good that people died but i mean it was good like that it existed most of it was fake anyway yeah yeah so. but now when you look at it you know now when we look at what we're talking about tonight you know reality television paranormal reality television sometimes you look back back and you say maybe bashing in the monkey's head wasn't really that big of a deal <laughs> back then it was all right, well, we do talk about the paranormal here. And uh, we will some more in just a little bit when we talk about these reality 
TV programs with a paranormal theme, how these websites are casting people. Uh, Matt Moniz and I can continue to to debate the different points of this. Uh, Matt, using his uh, appearance, his his uh, his spot on one of these websites uh, to conduct a social experiment, and uh, us saying that he should be using it to conduct his ticket out of here because it smells out there. <laughs> <laughs> As long as they give you, like, every other Saturday night off, it'll work out fine. Uh, Rick Smith. What do you want? <laughs> Street Hawk. Oh, my God. We, we should really do an entire episode with the guy who runs RetroJunk.com. He is totally my hero. That'd be awesome. He is totally. We're, we're going to have to do that. We can do that. We can, Why not? We can kind of talk about whatever we want. We've built that kind of cachet with the yeah. audience. We can throw one in every once in a while that's just random. Joe, look at Joe Regalbuto before his Murphy Brown days. Street hawk, awesome. <laughs> a man in his motorcycle. <laughs> what's that? What's he driving like? A, like an '83? Get that thing. I thought it was a Honda Magnum. <laughs> That's not a Honda Magnum. <laughs> a Honda Magnum looks remotely cool. That's like a Nighthawk. Which, by the way, if anybody has a free one, I'll be glad to take. Doesn't matter. Murphy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just gonna narrate the YouTube clips all night. Oh, man. If you're looking to have representation in the paranormal field, <laughs> call Power Relations. Why? Because we won't spend the entire evening looking at YouTube clips. We'll actually work for you. If you would like to find out more, you can visit para-relations.com in order to find out the different services that are offered there. You can also call 508-969-2919. That's 508-969-2919. All right, well... Uh, We've been getting some uh, some emails uh, regarding this, this subject matter. We're going to talk about those uh, a little bit later on. And also we want to remind everybody that Ghost Stock is coming to Salem, Massachusetts uh, next month. And you want to make sure that you go to ghoststock.com, G-H-O-S-T-O-C-K.com to find out more about that. Patrick Burns putting together a great event. Matt, I know you're going to be heading up to uh, to Mount Washington. Are you going to make that trip for the Beyond Reality events? Got that. Got the Night Watchers events coming up at the end of the month here. Segue into that. Yes. Oh, sorry. In two weeks, we're going to have uh, Todd Sheets and the Night Watchers group at the Lizzie Board in Bed and Breakfast, and they're going to the USS Salem yeah. and Quincy as well. So go to their website. It's Night Watchers Info. Night Watchers Info is that the site? Go to NightWatchersRadio.com and, and you'll be able to get it. Yeah. It's uh, nightwatchshow.com, is I believe. Nightwatch that, Radio, I believe. Is it? Now you got me confused. Just look up Nightwatch on Google, folks. It's a lot easier. Don't listen to us when we give out web addresses anyway, because <laughs> most of the time we're wrong. SpookySouthCoast.com. If you go there, you'll be able to find links to all of them. All right. What do you say we get a little weird? More bad news. I guess you say okay. Well, I got a great show for you today with some wonderful weird stuff. The Week in Weird. Night, Nightwatchshow.com? Nightwatchshow. Well, it'll all get you there. It'll all get you there. All right. Well, our first story... We should ask Tiffany if this was her while we had her on the phone. Our first story comes from Lawrence County, South Carolina, and it comes to us via WYFF4.com. 
A woman who says she had no connection to a funeral danced in front of the service, waved a wand over the casket, opened it, and touched the deceased man, and then threw flowers from the casket at the family, deputies said. Lawrence County deputies responded to reports of a disturbance at the Church of God in Gray Court on Tuesday. Those attending the funeral said that the woman had joined the procession. Once they were seated inside the church, the woman then danced in front of them near the casket. They said after she waved the wand over the casket and had touched the deceased man, she hit him in the head with the wand. The family said the woman threw the flowers from the top of the casket at them and then drove off in a burgundy Toyota with North Carolina plates. Deputies pulled the vehicle over on I-385. They asked the driver, 25-year-old Nicole Marie Loretta Leonard, or Leonard, about the funeral, and they said she admitted to doing everything the witnesses in the church said she did. Deputies said Leonard told them she behaved the way she did because she felt, quote, it was the right thing to do at the time. She said she was driving through the area from church. Uh, she does have a webpage that says she is a massage, massage therapist who recently graduated from the Center for Massage and Natural Health in Weatherville, North Carolina. Why are you going to drag the poor school into this? On her webpage, she says, quote, My private office is tucked away in a serene valley surrounded by an amazing mountainscape. My loving energy and slow-flowing technique provide a truly outstanding relaxation massage. And it also says, All the blue fairies say on Tuesdays you get a discount. While the pink fairies say, on Wednesdays, it's Ladies' Day. That's not really on there. Lady Leonard is charged with disorderly conduct and disrupting a funeral, which I didn't even know that was on the books. Man, I'm screwed. <laughs> if my family ever decides to call in, I disrupt every funeral. Usually with, he's not dead! That always goes over well. This man's not dead! <laughs> <laughs> Leo the Fox goes to pass gas one last time. All right, Matt Costa, what do you have for us? All right. From the Telegraph. A Florida woman calls 911 three times over McDonald's chicken nuggets, uh, over a McDonald's chicken nugget shortage. A woman in Florida has been ordered to appear in court after calling the police three times because a McDonald's restaurant had run out of chicken nuggets. Latresa Goodman, 27, purchased a 10-piece nugget, nugget meal from a branch of the fast food chain in Fort Fort Pierce on February 28th, but when she was told that, then she was, she would receive different items from the menu because big nuggets were out of stock. When she asked for, she asked for, her money back. She was told that the company policy was not to give refunds. She told police who arrived at the restaurant, "This is an this is an emergency. If I would have known that they didn't have big nuggets." I wouldn't have given all 991 because I couldn't get a refund and it wanted my McNuggets. <laughs> We've all been there. I want my McNuggets! <laughs> uh, she was charged with mis with misusing the 911 emergency system last month. Another uh, Florida resident also called 911 over a fast food foul up. Uh, oh! <laughs> You're writing those, of theirs. Those, those people at the Telegraph. Oh, they're, the Telegraph. They're, they're right on the edge. Uh, they might, <laughs> that might actually be how they spell follow. They spell everything weird over there. Gene uh, Fortune 66 dialed 911 to complain that the Boynton Beach branch of Burger King was out of lemonade to go with her chicken combo meal. These people. Thank you for not reading that last moment. <laughs> These people are definitely a few... <laughs> Few fries short of a Happy Meal, huh? I'd say so. Uh, okay, first of all, 
she should be charged because she is misusing the 911 system. Right. Yeah. That's absolutely correct. Now, where does this story take place? Florida? Florida. Do they not know how to write a sign <laughs> at that McDonald's that says, attention, out of chicken nuggets. Out of nuggets. Do they also know not to take people's money for said item when it's not in stock. Uh-huh. I don't know much about, but I know that normally when you're out of stock on an item and you press the button, it comes up as saying, out of stock. Yeah. And therefore, you shouldn't take her money for it. But then I feel her pain because I, McNuggets are good. I, w- I was just as upset when I got a uh, McDouble. And they, they didn't have the, the cheese? Yeah, I, I almost Only called 911 and demanded But you, you just went over their head. You were like, <laughs> give me Mayor McCheese right now. <laughs> but I'll call the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> I know the mayor. It, it, Talk to him on Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> it, see, it seems like, uh, I don't know, it, it, Everybody's stupid in this story. Everybody is stupid. You know, get on. It's a McNugget. You're going to find a, a ten piece. You're just, you're just going to find a chicken's head in there anyway. Remember that story? That lady didn't call nine one one. All right, Matt Moniz, what do you have for us? I got something from uh, NewScientist.com. A skeleton exhumed from a grave in Venice is being claimed as the first known example of vampire in the the widely referred to contemporary documents. Matteo Borini of the University of Florence in Italy found a skeleton of a woman with a small brick in her mouth while excavating mass graves of plague victims from the Middle Ages at Lazaretto Nuovo Island in Venice. At the time the woman died, many people believed that the plague was spread by vampires which, rather than drinking people's blood, spread the disease by chewing on their shrouds after dying. Grave diggers put bricks in the mouths of suspected vampires to stop them from doing this, Borini said. The belief in vampires probably arose because blood is sometimes expelled from the mouths of the dead, causing the shroud to sink inwards and tear. Borini, who presented his findings at a meeting of the American Academy of Forensic Sciences in Denver, Colorado last week, claims this might be the first such vampire to have been forensically examined. The skeleton was removed from the mass grave of victims in the Venetian Plague of uh, 1576. However, Pierre Moore Jensen of Wichita State University in in Kansas said he has found similar skeletons in Poland and that while Barini's findings are exciting, claiming that it is the first vampire is a little ridiculous. Barini says he waves to show archaeological exorcism evidence against vampires. Well, your thoughts. What's your take on that? You're dealing with old superstitions. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that the, well, the legends of vampires go back you know thousands of years. So I'm sure that there are you know even older graves that we are yet to be discovered, and probably even odder things done to the bodies, you know right. that that will come across. It's like uh, you know with the witches. My favorite way to prove it was a witch was like that David Letterman game. Will it float? You know, they tie the rock around her and, and put her in the water, and if she, if she floated, she was a witch, and if she sunk, she wasn't, which, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, great for you. You're dead either way. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that uh, the best evidence of them being a vampire is that when you open the grave, they're still alive. Yeah. That's a sure sign. Well, back then, they also used to bury people alive, too, you know, not knowing, you know, 
medically what death actually was. You know, comas and that's you know. That's why it's good. Like people like you and I snore. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, at least, <laughs> then they knew, and they were sure. All right, well, that does it for The Week and Weird for this week. If you would like to submit a story for The Week and Weird, just go to SpookySouthCoast.com, flick, flick, click on the weird thread, and you can put it in there, put a link to the story, put the whole story, whatever you need to do. Make sure you put your name in there, and uh, we will send you a Spooky South Coast bumper sticker while supplies last. All right, well, we'll be right back with more of Spooky South Coast immediately following two weeks worth of the haunted headlines with Christopher Balzano. Coming up your way right now here on Spooky South Coast. vault is open. You're listening to the Haunted Headlines, your source for the stories making waves in the paranormal news. Sponsored by GhostVillage.com at www.GhostVillage.com backslash news. Good evening, I'm Chris Balzano and you're listening to the Haunted Headlines, Ghost Village's weekly trek across the paranormal newswire to bring you the biggest stories affecting the ghostly community. There have already been several reports of haunted schools in the news this year, but this one is actually forcing the children to leave. In a story from Uganda, reported by the New Vision Online, students at the Lameo Aguada Primary School in Balabek Gem were forced to see their school closed after they became possessed. Ghosts of people killed during an LRA insurgency and buried in a mass grave nearby have taken control of the school, strangling some students and taking over the bodies of others and turning them violent, asking them to attack the other children. Local religious and political leaders were brought in, but were forced out of the school when they themselves were attacked. They are trying to straighten things out by exhuming the bodies in the mass grave and conducting more prayers. It may be one of the more controversial aspects of the paranormal, but for the first time a movie will actually be able to say Ouija board on camera without paying a royalty. Hasbro, which currently owns the trademark on the game, is taking its own shot at a movie about the famous spirit board. This week on an MTV blog, Hasbro CEO and executive producer on the film, Brian Goldner, revealed the movie is in production, and he also revealed a bit about the plot. According to Goldner, the movie will be a true horror movie that will look to explore the line between harmless parlor game and the gateway to hell. Who have held the ownership of the Ouija board name of over the years have avoided linking it directly to anything overtly occult or evil. But the recent popularity of the board game and paranormal television shows has convinced them that dollars might be worth the tainted image. Another Republican seeking the nation's hardest job may be forced to deal with an old paranormal connection. After his appearance at President Obama's speech this week, Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal became the frontrunner to challenge Obama in 2012. The leader is considered to be a mirror of the president's youth and energy, but some of his religious and personal ideas might get in the way. According to Alternet and dozens of other news outlets this week, Jindal exercised the spirit of Satan from a college girlfriend at Brown University. In an article published in Jesuit Magazine, the converted Hindu explains how he battled the demons inside his friend Susan before being witness to her salvation. The story is not a metaphor, but a genuine claim of true events which served to solidify his own religious conversion. 
It is unclear the effect that this will have on his national political career, but GOP war rooms are evaluating whether the public is ready for a demonologist president. Let us remember he would be elected in 2012. Those are the haunted headlines for this week. If you want more information about these and other stories, please visit Ghost Village's news site at www.ghostvillage.com backslash news. I'm Chris Balzano, and that's what's haunting me. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. From Phantasm. Boom. That's a good sound. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here breaking my microphone. Silent Assassin Matt Costa over there, and Silent But Violent Matt Moni is on the other side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only Spooky South Coast TV was working tonight. We are talking, speaking of TV, about paranormal reality television. It's like our new favorite subject in 2009 to harp on. But we're talking about these new websites um, that are basically the idea behind them is you go on them, you put up a profile, you put up a picture, you basically make yourself a little like Facebook type page, and then people come and vote upon it, and, and, and they, they move you up the ranks, and hopefully casting directors see you and offer you an audition, which, uh, you know, it's a lot easier for the casting director, but is it fair? Is it getting the best people up there? And you can go to these websites. Go to gotcast.com where they actually have uh, a show called The Gray Area, that's casting now for the Discovery Channel, and you can see how that's going in terms of the the contest that's running there. I, I use the word contest, to, you know, to describe the actual act of the election as a contest. I don't mean it to be like you know the grand prize is a spot on the TV show. That's not implied at all. Uh, you're actually just at the top of the list. That's really all you get by being number one. Uh, let me go down a quick rundown here uh, of what it says on some of these sites. Uh, gotcast.com, how to get cast. And all of our voting-based casting calls rock the vote. The process is simple. Our top voted members are submitted at the top of the list to the casting directors and producers we work with. By getting more votes, you strengthen your chances of being seen. How do I get more votes? Well, you promote yourself like crazy. Tell everyone you can to help vote for you. We'll provide you with the tools to help you get the word out. People can vote for you once per day, every day, so be sure to keep your fans excited. Can only my fans, can only my friends vote for me? Not at all. Any member of Godcast.com can vote for you. How do I get booked? Once you become a finalist, you'll be reviewed by the casting judges and casting directors to determine your eligibility to get booked. From there, it's in your hands to kick butt in the audition process. So I'm implying by this that there is an internal committee that decides whether or not they pass you on to these casting directors. What happens if I'm selected? The winner will be eligible for any prizes awarded for that particular casting. To view the prizes available, view the individual casting. What Hollywood project will I work on? Well, that depends on the casting. They may feature a guaranteed role as well as an opportunity to audition for a part. Read the individual casting details for more information. This is the key. Is there a chance I could be asked for an actual show? Well, it's possible. You could absolutely bomb your audition, refuse to go to Hollywood, or maybe even have misrepresented yourself in some way on your profile. There are lots of reasons you could miss out, but the opportunity is very much in your hands. But don't worry. We're here to help you make we can to make you successful. So is there a chance I could not be the top voted person and not get cast for an actual reality show? They say it's possible. I say it's highly freaking likely. Yeah. 
So just be aware of that. No, no, no offense to the website. Uh, so random questions. Isn't this just a popularity contest? Well, if by popularity you mean that it's yes. Well, that's kind of how Hollywood works. The most engaging talent becomes the most sought after. Can I get picked even if I'm not at the top of the member list? Yes. Casting directors and agents may see your face that is not voted as one of the top members, but still fits what they're searching for. Read that line again. Casting directors and agents may see a face that is not voted as one of the top members. You may also be contacted by other industry professionals through our service while they're browsing our talent database. I'm a talent agent or casting director, and I see someone I'd like to cast. Now what? Please contact us directly. We'll leave that part alone. But how is this different from casting calls I see on the Internet? And that would be a casting call for those unfamiliar where you see, you know, Jeopardy is coming to the Plaza Hotel in Boston. Come try out on March 5th, you know, that type of thing. And everybody goes to this hotel and meets in the ballroom, and they all go through the process. So how is this different than casting calls I see on the Internet? Viewing a casting call only tells you who's hiring. It doesn't get you any closer to the actual job. The problem isn't finding a casting call. It's actually getting cast for a part. We're here to get you in front of the people that make those decisions, which you can also do by going to a casting call. And you can actually see them directly and know that they're part of the process. So, uh, And realitywanted.com, that's another site that works kind of the same way as well. So that's the other one that I looked up. Matt Moniz, there is a, f a little bit of language there in that FAQ that would probably make you suspicious of how this system works. That's why I did this in the whole first place, yeah. And I was saying to you on, on, on the way here that if you really wanted to prove it as a social experiment and, and you're too honest right. in terms of your your uh, your belief in yourself to do this, but you know, you put up a stellar resume and a really horrible picture and see how far that gets you. Right. And uh, chances are wouldn't go vision. Television is all about image. You know, I'm firmly, I firmly believe that I could be on, on a television program as a host. I think I have the personality for it. I don't have the look. I don't, and I would not. Uh, None of us in this room <laughs> have the look for it. Well, I mean, but that's the thing. I mean, unless they want somebody to, like, you know, unless uh, a friend of mine used to always say, when they make that Three Stooges movie, just shave your head again and Curly's yours. <laughs> you know, and it's like that's, you know, you're kind of typecast within that. In reality programming, uh, you know, there there aren't characters, so you don't have the opportunity of being cast as a character. You know, I could play the, the fat funny guy on pretty much anything, but there's no fat funny guy role on a reality program for the most part. So it's just you're kind of definitely submitting yourself to what is essentially a popularity or a, you know, hey, this person's really pretty. Let me click on it's their profile. It's a beauty contest, yeah. yeah. Well, it's not like it says under all the photos – you know, Matt Moniz, 30 years in the field, un, you know, underneath your picture. It just says Matt Moniz in your face. And that's essentially what they are. It's a, you're, you're looking at a face, and you have to click on that face to decide if you want to vote. Obviously, if you can direct people to your page and have them vote for you, that's a different circumstance. But in terms of the general, you're not going to get into the top, you know, five people without getting a few random votes here and there from people that you don't know. Well, and so I was going to say, I, I, since I've, you know, entered into this thing, I've noticed that the internal votes, in other words, all these other people, they're very dedicated. They'll they'll be at your site voting every day and looking for you to return their votes. 
they they're putting their, a lot of heart well, and soul into this. A lot of the, a lot of these people are really making good bios and stuff like that. That's no different than a so, any other social networking site, though. Right. Um, I, excuse me. That I get all choked up when I talk about the MySpace. <laughs> You're looking at people who are online all day long, and give me a comment. I'll give you one back. Comment my picture. I'll comment yours back. And this is what they do all day long. It's it's. I mean, I'm not trying to insult anybody here, but it's like what they need for validation. It's it's what they need for their positive morale boost. It, it's what their social interaction is. Mm. Uh, that's what they do, and they they just go on. And, and that's why I, I laugh at the term social networking uh, when it comes to things like Facebook and Friendster and all these different things because there really is no social networking. Actually, if you think about it, it's more antisocial. You're yeah, you're foster exactly. you're fostering separation through a piece of instrumentation. And that's a whole show that we can do in the future that I've been wanting to do for a while now is how much, you know, the personality has been taking out of being a person. And this is certainly another example of that. Now, I'm not disparaging these sites. I think it's, I think it's a very good idea because if you're running these sites, it's, it's a great idea because if the casting agent wants to go to your site, you're going to make money if they get somebody off of there. You're going to get money from people who get memberships. You can put ads up there. It's, it's, it's going to draw a lot of traffic. And I'm sure people are getting cast off these sites. I just want people to be aware of the language that's in there and right. understand what they're getting into. The, the hopes and the dreams of I'm going to become famous by going. No. Chances are you, you get a better opportunity of making more money hitting the local lottery by playing, you know, than getting cast by these things. And the other the other aspect of it, too, is it, when we're talking about the paranormal reality programming, it's almost like <clears throat> you have more of a responsibility if you get cast. And I, it's, I, f I feel like it shouldn't be the case, but it is, that you have a responsibility if you get cast under one of these programs to further the field or to at least not damage the field. Right. If, you know, if you go on the real world, you can't do any more damage to 20-something, you know, sluts who sleep with everybody the first day they go in there. That's pretty much already established. We already know that that's, you know, that we already understand who that demographic is. I'm not saying they all are, but, right. I mean, if you go on there and do that, there's precedence there. You're not going to be the first and you're not going to drag down the real world as an entity because of it. But if you go on to these paranormal reality shows and you're unprepared or you're not knowledgeable enough or you fake things or, or whatever, you know, you're damaging everything. You're damaging the future possibilities of other shows like that because no matter how great the personality is or how great the ratings are, what these shows need to have to be successful is either a belief in the existence of the paranormal or a belief in the need to believe that it doesn't exist. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if, if, you start, if you start faking things and that's found out, then those who don't believe are going to be too skeptical to, to, to care anymore. And those who Bear never in mind, there's faking that goes on on both sides, uh, oh. in belief and, and disbelief. Oh, I'm sure. So. But uh, and if, you, if you are somebody who's been against the idea of the paranormal for so many years, you know, now all of a sudden you feel like you, you, your job is done. You no longer need to, to pay attention to debunk what's going on because you can point to that one instance where somebody, you know, pulled the string and closed the door, and that proves that all paranormal activity is fake because one instance was. Yeah. Well, that's like saying all $20 bills are counterfeits because I found one yeah, that it's, is. This, yeah. It's the one field where the exception seems to prove the rule in a number of people's minds. Yeah. But – 
you know, we can get into that another time. I mean, in terms of the reality programming aspect of it, though, it all sounds like gravy. It all sounds like it's going to be the best thing ever to get cast on one of the... Like I said, you, you we've been on shows. You know, TV is not anything new to us, and they come to us to do these things, you know, every now and then. And I don't mind helping out, you know, a show like Monster Quest and a couple of these other ones that we've done stuff for. Because we're so well compensated for them. Yeah, all of, um, what, what was it we got last time? Um, we each got, oh, oh yeah, that's right, zero. Uh, we, we made 50 <laughs> bucks one time. That was pretty good. Oh, and they fed us. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, whenever you can get a, like a pizza out of it, that's always good. <laughs> but no, you're not going to get rich doing these things. Not, I mean, and but what what's the allure though? Even if you don't care, some people are going into it saying, "I know I'm not going to make any money. I just want the chance to be on television." You know, if we, that's what you're looking for. And, okay. and you, we see it all the time. Watch the nightly news at eleven o'clock when your next door neighbor's house burns down. There's always one idiot who's trying to get himself on TV. You know, look at watch a baseball game, and everybody that's sitting behind home plate has their cell phone out. Hey, can you see me? You know, I mean, that's it's just people want to be on television, and it's <clears throat> it's it's one thing when you can do it, and you kind of get that that buzz that comes from it, and you know, you get the the popularity and the notoriety from it. But it's another thing when you know you're you're kind of committed to doing it, and now you're doing a series, and now you have to go out and film thirteen or twenty two episodes or or whatever the, the, the call is for, of a paranormal reality program. And it's not like you're going to a nice, plush, lush studio out in Hollywood where you're going to have a trailer and somebody who comes and gets you and there's catering service and all that. So, no, you're going out to these haunted locations where it's going to be you and a Spartan crew, and you're just going to be standing around waiting for your scenes to be filmed. And it's just it's not the glamorous life that somebody thinks it is. Oh, no. I mean, a lot of the people that are on... A lot of these reality TV shows, our personal friends, well, they they tell us all of the horror stories that and, that and are behind the when, scenes. When they're like, oh, I gotta go Dude, out and film, film for three months yeah. next week. Yeah. All right. Well, we 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 did get one email from a listener and a, and a very good friend of ours who had an experience with reality programming, and and ironically not uh, not a paranormal reality program, but uh, she writes. That uh, she actually just got home from taping a show that will air during May sweep during Sweeps Week, uh, because of the high drama and subject matter, and that she was not happy with the experience. She says we were bait and switched by this show who sucked us, uh, her and her husband, in, and then told us that told us then of the reality of it all, and that's in quotes. She's the same. She's ashamed almost to say what show she taped. So she didn't. The only reason that they did the taping was because the subject matter was very important to them. And because it's it's a health issue, and they would get two months of the best uh, treatment, the most expensive treatment in the country, as a result, uh, and along with what she calls this month's rent. So I mean, that's how much she made for her participation in this. But she did have that opportunity to get that treatment, and it will reach the intended target audience uh, with the show. But uh, as she says, as far as reality TV goes, I will say this: be careful what you wish for. You may just get it. And will she apply again? No. And that comes from a very good friend of ours whose opinion I trust highly. And for her to say that, you know, and I'm not saying that all shows are going to be like this, but it's kind of the nature of the beast. You know, you're used and then you're discarded. And that's how it goes. And it's unfortunate because I know the person you're talking about. She's a very dear friend to ours. And she's a sweet person and doesn't deserve to be First treated. First of all, she doesn't deserve to have to go through this. Right. Anyway, 
and to have it, it's one thing, and she has the best intentions of everything. Look, everybody out there who's listening, who knows anything about the paranormal field, you know this person, you love this person, and for her to say, you know, that she spread the word and, and teach these young people, I believe that. That's exactly what her intentions are. But then to find out that that's not, you know, what the what, what the point of the show is. Right. The point of the show is to exploit this condition, uh, and that's, you know, in some regards, you can look at paranormal programming that way. It's not to, you know, glamorize the paranormal. It's not to further the paranormal. It's to exploit people who go out there and do this and to say, hey, let's check in with these guys for, for an hour every week and see what it is that they do that's so crazy. And exploit the people that they're there to help out and check. Uh, you get one show that's on, you know, Wednesday nights, shall we say, that exploits. I don't want to use the term exploit, but in a certain sense they do. The the area of the haunting, you get another show that appears on Monday nights that exploits the people and the pain and stuff like that. Actually, I'll go so far, and uh, whatever, you can email me if you want. Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Send me the hate mail if you want. But that show does exploit the person who's involved. They sign on for it. Um, maybe the first season they didn't really know what they were getting into because it was a new program. Nobody had seen it before. But now, if you sign up for it, you understand what it is you're getting into. And there is exploitation that goes on in that show. Um, uh, a friend of ours out in Akushnet has uh, put, well, discussed this. Yeah, we can talk about that off the air. You know, and even the show that Tiffany was on, uh, you know, I mean, I, I like her. I like Chip. I think they're both excellent people who who uh, definitely have a place in this field and they're they, they definitely do great work in this field, but I feel that that program is at times, you know, exploitative of, of these children that they were working with. And it's just... I, I, well, like, we got to put the caveat in. It's not necessarily uh, the the people involved. It's the production and the, the Well, show. I said the show. Yeah, is, yeah. You know, and by that I mean everybody. Ghost Hunters, that's... They're, they're, a, they're in a very fortunate situation because... Not only are they in charge of taps, but Jason and Grant get a producer credit. Now, I don't know how much you know, sway that gives them overall, but at least when it comes to the way that they seem to work with that production company, you know, the production company is willing to listen to them uh, about how things are presented. Yeah, but they don't have total control. That's a no, nut- but, but at least they have their ear, and they can share these concerns. But they've kind of built that kind of cachet up by being the number one paranormal reality right. program. You know, somebody who's just starting out, they have to go with whatever the producers say. I mean, we we filmed one show where there, there technically there were no producers, and it was just a camera crew, and they were filming what goes on. And it, that's a great idea in theory, but when all that footage gets sent back to the production company, they look at it and they say, no, this isn't what we want. You know, so then it ends up turning into a program where somebody has to be there on site. Somebody has to be kind of directing what goes on. I mean, how many different producers did we meet for Monster Quest? How many different oh, hands were in the pot for that? I mean, people who, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. Let's have you do this. Let's and they're trying to hammer things out right there around us. It took us a full day, day and a half. A months worth of footage. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that when you take that away from being a documentary format like we did and turn that into an actual investigation, you know, now you're trying to do what you do conduct your investigation if you're getting cast on one of these shows you're not working with your team you're not working with the people you normally investigate with you're working with people who were selected to be part of this program uh and it doesn't always work out that that show sci-fi investigates yes. you're good friends with rich dolan you know yes. him very well 
we know Boston Rob, Rob Mariano from his appearances on other reality shows. And um, I'm blanking on the other two people that were involved. Um, but anyway, yeah. the, the gentleman was a very respected researcher, and the woman was a relative newcomer to the field. He was actually a geologist. I'm trying to remember his name. And the woman was a forensic scientist from New Jersey. I, I know her friend very well from uh, the forensics unit in New Jersey. Well, any, I mean, anyways, the bottom these are line, people I four know. people that were thrown together, yeah. and they didn't always see eye to eye, and things didn't really work out, and it wasn't, it didn't seem to me to be a smooth investigative unit, um, you know, and they kind of played up that drama amongst the four of them, and I, I think if you ask Rich, and I'm sure you did, if you ask him about it, he probably wasn't totally happy with the way his experiences went on that program. Yeah, he told me some stories. But... And then you look at a show like uh, Ghost Hunters International where same thing. I mean, you're kind of building a team from scratch out of people that are already in the field, but, you know, you're putting together a mix of people and putting them out there and saying, you know, now develop this chemistry. That's what's going to happen with, and it didn't work. I mean. Uh, I, I think I can talk about this now since it's not. I was supposed to be one of the original cast members in that. And you and said. I, they said, no, there ain't way. no way I'm working with these people. No, I said, no way I'm, I can do that, no. Well, uh, because it's, it's you know, it's like when you get traded, and back to the sports analogies, but it's like when you get traded to a, a very well-established team uh, and you're the new guy trying to make your way in, only everybody's in that position. You know, you're supposed to be this well-oiled machine by the time the cameras roll, and you're still trying to figure out how to all work together. We're lucky because we can go and, and jump into a situation with any team, say, at Lizzie Borden's house. You know, we can we can all go in there with anybody that comes in there and kind of just jump right in and investigate. But that's because we're comfortable in that place. And to some there, there's some degree of deferment from the groups that come in because they know that we're there all the time. They understand that we've been there and we've investigated. So there's something that works out. Also, there's no cameras rolling either. And there's no yeah. I've, you know, there's no, you know, the only cameras you know, rolling are ours. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no uh, need to be a personality. Nobody's trying to be the. The personality on camera, and when you go into these situations like they're trying to do with these with these sites, when you're trying to put people together, you might find that that could be the Achilles' heel of that program. You're putting a bunch of strangers together and see what works. But then again, that could be the point of the program too. Let's see what happens when seven strangers stop being polite and start getting real. Right? True story. True story. <laughs> All right, why don't we take that last commercial break, Matt, and then when we come back, we can uh, we can wrap up the show. How's that work? Word up. All right, we'll be right back with more. Not too late if you have an opinion. Give us a call, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. Email spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Six million sites, Matt. Look at that. I mean, to talk over the bumper, but we're running out of time. We have to wrap things up. We broke into the top six million sites on the internet. <laughs> I'm excited. We're up. 
Yeah, we're, we're trending right. upward. We thank yeah. our great listeners for that. We thank them very much. We appreciate it. We appreciate all that you do. And, that, and how are we going to thank you for that? By not being on the air for like the next month because of basketball. No, <laughs> pay attention to SpookySouthCoast.com because we're going to try and, and, and work it out so we can still do some shows, uh, whether we have to do them on our own or whether uh, we can get the station to carry them just over the, the Internet broadcast. Uh, we, we might go in that direction if uh, the powers that be here at the station will allow us to do that. But otherwise, for the next few weeks, college basketball will be on WBSM here as we enter March Madness. And uh, hopefully we can be on WBSM.com. And if not, we've got, we've got some options. We've got some friends uh, out there who have offered us some slots uh, on their websites to, to be able to carry us through when there aren't games. And there's a possibility... Uh, i got to talk to some people and figure some stuff out. But there's a possibility that we could be doing that, like in the summertime when there's baseball games and things that would preempt us. Uh, basically, if, if we can work it all out, we'll essentially be here 52 weeks a year. So maybe even 53 weeks. Okay. Yes. Maybe 53. Okay. That's something else I'm working on. I, I, I want to see your <laughs> notes on that. <laughs> all right. Well, if we're going to be here next week, you'll be the first to find out by going to SpookySouthCoast.com. And if we don't talk to you, well, then until the next time. For Matt Costa, for Matt Moniz, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy. And what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at Legan's again. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Look, I know the supernatural is something.